Welcome to Bible Fellowship Assembly Sunday Morning Messages. Today, Carrie Gino begins our Advent series, Jesus Our Exemplar. Today, looking at Jesus, the one who brings peace to humanity. And now, here's Carrie. Let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning to remember the miracle of Christmas, the day your son came to earth as a human. Why would you leave your glory in heaven to come to save us and reconcile us as your child? The only answer is love. We thank you for your love shown through the grace of Jesus Christ. Draw us ever closer to your heart of love. Quiet our spirit, still our soul. Install in our inner being your perfect peace that passes all understanding. Help us to, we pray, to be still and to know that you are God, our God in whom we trust. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The topic today is uh, Jesus Brings Peace to Humanity. I don't want to scare you, but I'll be quoting 57 verses. And all of them <coughs> that we read this morning will be from the New Living Translation, which David has introduced me to. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. <coughs> That night there were shepherds staying in their fields, staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Through the angel... God tells the shepherd the meaning of this most significant event in all of history. The meaning is peace. Jesus' birth brings peace, shalom, blessedness, fullness. This is the message from the angel to the shepherd and through them to us. Christ's coming means peace. Not the abolition of war, necessarily, but a different kind of peace. Jews in Israel still greet each other by saying, Shalom, peace. We can wish nothing better for anyone than Shalom, blessedness, fullness. However, this peace that the angels speak of is not for everyone. The Greek word for all people is laos from which comes the word laity. 
And the laity are not second-class Christians, with clergy being first-class. The laos are all the people of God. Laos was the word used to describe the Israelites, God's special people. If we are able to receive what God wants to give, the message of peace is for us. When and if we receive what God wants to give, give us, then we have peace. The angel told the shepherds this peace was to come by a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The angel used three names to identify the one who would bring this peace. First was Savior, a Hebrew word meaning rescuer. Then Christ, a Greek word for the anointed one, the chosen one. The third was a word used by Greek-speaking Hebrews to refer to God himself. So Jesus was to be the rescuer, the anointed one, God himself, and bearer of this peace. Joseph Bailey has written a wonderful poem about the meaning of Christmas. Praise God for Christmas. Praise him for the incarnation, for the word made flesh. I will not sing of shepherds watching flocks on frosty nights or angel choristers. I will not sing of a stable bare in Bethlehem or lowing oxen, wise men trailing star with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Tonight, I will sing praise to the Father who stood on heaven's threshold and said farewell to his Son as he stepped across the stars of Bethlehem and Jerusalem. And I will sing praise to the infinite, eternal Son who became most finite, a baby who would one day be executed for my crime. Praise him in the heavens. Praise him in the stable. Praise him in my heart. The prophet Isaiah prophesied Jesus' birth hundreds of years before it happened. Among other names, Isaiah calls him the Prince of Peace. The arrival of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, did bring peace to the world. But what type of peace did Jesus come to bring? And what does it mean that Jesus brings peace? Peace only comes from having a relationship with God. Jesus brings peace between us and God the Father. As the scriptures say, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 9. In doing this, Jesus was not only our good example, he was a representative sacrifice who conquered sin and death on our behalf. Jesus brings peace between us and God, forgiving us by abolishing the record of sin that stands against us and by triumphing over death and the forces of evil. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 to 15, it says, You were dead because of your sins, 
and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Those of us who belong to Jesus are now children of God instead of children of wrath. Having been forgiven, cleansed, and reconciled to God through the cross. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 to 20. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Only having Jesus Christ in our life will bring us inner peace that the world does not understand. Jesus' message was very controversial for its time, and it still is today. But his birth and ministry have brought peace to the hearts of people all around the world. This little baby who was introduced to the world over 2,000 years ago grew up to be the savior of all of humanity. Often when people think of peace, they think of a time without war. And this is not the peace that Jesus brings. Jesus' peace is not an absence of conflict, but a deep feeling in our hearts that everything will be okay for those who know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So, are forgiveness and reconciliation the same? C.S. Lewis is quoted as saying, everyone says that forgiveness is such a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. We may forgive someone, but it doesn't mean that we're reconciled into our former state of friendship because it may not be as it was before because of lack of trust or the hurt that was caused. Forgiveness is defined as canceling a debt. As Christians, our debt was canceled through Christ's death on the cross. In other words, we are released from the punishment of our sins. The word reconciliation is less commonly used, and generally, at least in the scriptures, it deals with the relationship between God and humanity. Reconciliation is a Greek word, if I pronounce this right, katalage, meaning an exchange, reconciliation, restoration to favor. Reconciliation assumes a broken relationship. Something has happened that has caused the two parties to become 
estranged. The two might have been friends. It might be a business relationship. There might be as intimate as marriage. But there is now something between them. Jesus' sacrifice is the method of this reconciliation. In him, we receive forgiveness of sin and a new life. And because of this, we are reconciled back to God and sin cannot hold us back from God any longer. Jesus has brought peace between us and God. Jesus is called a reconciler. And in reconciliation, that which is broken comes together. The lesson that God has for us is that we need to make peace, first of all, with God. And that's where peace begins. We may be running because we're afraid of God. Don't be afraid, says the angel. We need only stand still and let God catch us. As the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. This innocent little baby, born in a manger in Bethlehem, was God himself coming to dwell among us so that we might be reconciled to him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We see from God's love for us that he desired reconciliation with us And this reconciliation through Jesus Christ is what cements the peace that surpasses all understanding in our hearts. And this peace cannot be found in anything but a heartfelt relationship in and through Jesus because of his sacrifice made for each and every one of us. As the Christ child grew and began his ministry, he spread a message of love and hope. And although many people believed Jesus was the Son of God, they didn't fully understand until his blood was shed on the cross that he was the long-awaited Messiah. The peace he brings to us was fulfilled that day when he willingly took our sin to the cross on our behalf. Christmas is a time of celebration of who Jesus is and what he accomplished for us. He is our peace. Without him, we would be nothing. With him, we are everything. This peace is a gift from Jesus. In his own words, he said in John 14:27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and afraid. When someone gives us a gift, the only appropriate response is to gracefully accept it. And Jesus has freely given us peace. It is ours to take hold of and allow it to resonate in our hearts. When we put our faith in Jesus as Lord, 
we are made right, right with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. The peace of God doesn't just enable us to rest internally. It also empowers us to walk in love and be at peace with others. We become more forgiving, more generous, and more compassionate in our relationships. We can have peace in our hearts and live in peace with others because we have been reconciled to God through Jesus and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. We may face persecution, difficulties, but the peace of God can still prevail in the midst of them. And one day when Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom on earth, there will be true world peace. Before the death of Jesus, he told his followers, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give, so don't be troubled and afraid. But following his resurrection, we read, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. John 20:19. When Jesus came to these men and stood in their midst, this was the assurance that at the center of their lives that he would be with them forever. His words, peace be with you, was far more than a familiar greeting. The gift of peace is the fruit of the salvation that he has won for us on the cross. When we're at peace with God, it means we're able to be in a personal relationship with him. We're free from the power of sin when we are submitted to him as our Lord and the source of all we need. And this brings incredible peace to us in all of our affairs in life. We have the confident hope of an eternity in heaven with God. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Romans 5, 1-2. Colossians 3.15, Paul instructs us as believers to let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6-7, to don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The world's peace is wonderful at masking symptoms. It's the most amazing painkiller. Jesus' peace, on the other hand, offers surgery for the deeper issues of the heart. It's more effective. And at the end of this age, the peace of Jesus will be forever sustained. 
the peace of the world will show its true worth and be blown away like dust. The world's peace relies on the power of self. Jesus' peace relies on Jesus. The focus shifts from self to God. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you may have you will have many trials and sorrows, he says honestly, but take heart because I have overcome the world. If nothing else in life is well, it can still be said, it is well with my soul. When everything falls apart, the world does not have that reassurance. The world's peace strives to find purpose in suffering. Jesus' peace is a free gift in the midst of suffering. Paul says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. We are in partnership with the God of the universe and with the body of Christ, where the power of God also dwells. So if God is for us, who can ever be against us? There is strength behind Jesus' peace that even when no meaning can be found in a particular pain, it has the capacity to stand firm in the knowledge that God is surely working for our good behind the scenes of life. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. And he did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations, he made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you, Gentiles, who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, 
becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his Spirit. What joyful tones and solid conviction accompanied these words of Paul to the Gentile, Gentile reader. Paul uses the layout of the temple to speak metaphorically of what the blood of Christ has done. The enmity between Jew and Gentile has been abolished. On crucifixion day, not only the barriers between the outer and inner courts, but even the curtain isolating the Holy of Holies was torn in two from top and bottom. The way is open for all. Those of us who were far away and those who were near have been reconciled, brought into one body by the cross. All. No one is excluded. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of, Christ, because of what Christ has done for us. Paul is saying something radically new and revolutionary. A Gentile is brought near to God through Jesus Christ. He is our peace. The peace offered in Isaiah's prophecy is now a reality. No longer an abstract idea, but a person. Not a state of mind, but a state of being, an actual fact. God has created something new. In Christ, God, God died for both Jew and Gentile bringing them both together in union with himself, in his flesh, abolishing the enmity which the law has created. Formerly outcasts, regulated to an outer court in the temple, we Gentiles are now ourselves a part of the temple. God has his presence in us. And God's people, not a particular place or building, is the dwelling place of God. The old order is gone, gone completely. God cannot be associated with or restricted to any visible ritual, temple, law, or doctrinal system. The time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Jesus said to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, verse 21, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. He was accused of saying. Throughout the pages of the Bible, we see God in his great love for humanity, extending many opportunities for the people to find their way back to him. From Moses leading the Israelites to the promised land, to prophets who were called by the Creator, to offer warnings and teachings. Yet only through Jesus do we see God's true and ultimate message of reconciliation, our path back to him and to wholeness. It is more than forgiveness. It's an acknowledging the need for, <coughs> for forgiveness and then allowing transformation and unity to occur. The whole message of the gospel is one of reconciliation. A people who sinned over and over against God were given Jesus to believe in, model after 
and to follow. So that in their faith and following, they could uncover their path back to God in full unity. Jesus used the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, 11 to, 11 to 32, to illuminate the importance of reconciliation. <clears throat> Even though the son had left the fold of his family and squandered his fortune in what the Bible called wild living, his father welcomed him back with open arms upon his return and encouraged his older brother to do the same. It's his prodigal son story that shows the way that we are to cling to God. There's a poem by John W. Peterson entitled, Oh, What a Wonderful, Wonderful Day. Born of the Spirit with life from above, into God's family divine, justified fully through Calvary's love, oh, what a standing is mine. And the transaction so quickly was made, when as a sinner I came, I took of the offer of grace he did proffer. He saved me. Oh, praise his dear name. In John 14, 27, Jesus promises, The peace I give is a gift the world cannot understand. So don't be troubled or afraid. And the angel reassured the shepherds, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great, that will bring great joy to all people. And then a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praised God and said, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Paul's final greeting in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 16 is for us today. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. David. Father, as you've been here with us and watched us this morning, as you've examined each of our hearts, we know that you have offered this peace to each and every one of us. And we would pray that we would all wholly trust in you, that our hearts would be stayed on you, and that we would look to Jesus through this season and the coming days as the giver of this peace and the one in whom we trust and follow. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Come back next week for the next Sunday morning message from Bible Fellowship Assembly. Visit us on the web at bfa.church where you will find our physical address and contact information. We'd love to see you if you're in the Timmins area or drop us a line at info at bfa.church. Until next time.